.NET Rocks episode 757, recorded live Thursday, March 29th, 2012. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. Support is also provided by Pluralsight, providing comprehensive developer training online. They have nearly 200 hardcore developer training courses authored by MVPs and industry experts. They release 8 to 10 new courses every month and offer a 10-day free trial, 200 minutes. Pluralsight offers a full curriculum on web development with over 20 courses on ASP.NET development and 10 courses on jQuery, JavaScript, and HTML5 programming. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And now here are Carl and Richard. Hey, guess what? It's time to start this thing. How are you? You almost ready to get out of here? Is that what I'm feeling out there? It's kind of like the post-lunch coma that sets in. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, my name is Carl Franklin. I'm from .NET Rocks. We are recording a .NET Rocks show. Now I can see the audience. So this is your chance to be part of history. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Paul Litwin, who's going to take it from here, but I will be out there amongst you when you have a question. You raise your hand, get my attention. I have the mic. So Paul Litwin, take it away. Okay. Carl, one thing before you leave. Yes. Is there something happening after this? There is. It's a, called a closing session. And the closing session at 5 o'clock, we're going to be giving away lots of swag, so don't wow. go away. Apparently, there's at least two Connect Xboxes in the Ooh. closing swag. Nice. I happen to get a peek at the stack. So. All right. So stick around. Take it away, Paul. Does that Connect thing really work? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need Tim. It's a fact. Uh, hi, I'm Paul Litwin. I am uh, conference chair for uh, ASP.NET Connections, and I run a, um, a web programming group at a uh, cancer research center in Seattle. And today, uh, I'm going to help moderate as well as be a panelist in our uh, discussion of building web apps in 2012. And we are going to talk about the different ways to build web apps on the Microsoft stack. To my right here, or to my right, and your left, is uh, Dan Welling. Hi, I'm Dan Welling, uh, passionate web developer, and uh, run a consulting company as well where uh, we do training and consulting on this type of stuff. So this is actually an interesting topic, and I'll uh, be interested to see what kind of discussions we have. So, I'm Joel Newbeck. I uh, run an interactive agency called Nomadic, uh, and we are deeply rooted in MVC, MVC3. Um, we do uh, a lot of online promotions and use MVC3 for some high availability, high traffic um, type of web applications. Hi, Christian Wentz. Um, I co-own a web agency. So um, what we're doing is we do web. We do a lot of web applications. And so we have to always have a look at which technology are we using to get the best results. And so I think this will be a really, really interesting discussion. And I'm looking forward to what my co-panelists have to say there. I'm Richard Campbell. I'm the other half of .NET Rocks, but when I do real work, uh, I actually work on scaling websites and dealing with the uh, performance problems around these different web app designs. So I should be a good troublemaker for this conversation. 
Hi, I'm Brian Noyes uh, from iDesign. I was uh, very much into ASP.NET and web forms in the early days of .NET. Spent a, a number of years here where I've been more focused on smart client technologies with WPF and Silverlight, and I'm kind of a late bloomer on, on MVC and, and getting back up to speed in web development, and also focusing very much on the, the single page app because it fits nicely with what I've been doing in the smart client world because the structuring is very similar. And my name is Miguel Castro. I'm also an architect with iDesign, and uh, I do consulting on just about every platform. I'm very heavy in, heavily involved in the WPF uh, rich client uh, environment, as well as the web environment. I used to be an ASP.NET MVP, and I'm, uh, I still consider myself a really, really strong advocate of web forms who absolutely adores MVC. So there's a lot of uh, clashing going on in my head right You're now. You're a little bipolar there. Yeah, I got yeah. the devil and the angel over <laughs> fight, here. Fight. Well, the devil's over here. We already established that one. But I got the little guys on the shoulders that are fighting with each other. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. So I guess uh, the first question for the panelists is, the people are developing a web app today. And we're going to open it up to questions. And Carl's going to ro roam around uh, grabbing your questions. You're going to develop a new web app uh, next week. What do you use? Silverlight. No, sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> it was a web app, so you, you should say PHP. You know, oh, something with the market share. Nice. So, so uh, who wants to take first besides the jokes? I'll take it. Okay. I, get that, I get asked that question all the time. I got asked that question several times while I've been here. Um, and the answer is not an easy answer right away, the answer has to be countered with some other questions, primarily three things that come to mind. Number one, what is your time frame and criticality for getting this application out as soon as possible? And that goes hand in hand, not with the simplicity of the platform, but with what is the skill set of your current developers? The next question is, what kind of an investment do you have in third-party tools that you'd like to leverage and keep? And those three things have to be, in my opinion, have to be balanced out carefully because I happen to like the API that MVC exposes significantly more. But I also have a strong web forms background and I do consulting for clients that have a team of six very, very strong web forms developers and they've invested in the Telerik suite or the Dev Express suite, for example, and they need to get this application done in six months. My answer, if that question is asked of me in that situation, is I have no problem with you doing it in web forms. It's not an antiquated technology, and it's not worse than MVC. It's just very different, but it happens to be where that customer's current skill sets are, and they do not have the time to put into learning a new API. Ideally, for me, every good web developer needs to know both platforms. But depending on the criticality of the application, you may not have the time to do that, so leverage your current <coughs> skill sets and le leverage your current investment. Are you sacrificing maintainability when you go down the web forms? Not platform? if you do it right, and that's a big misconception because web forms is not a bad platform, but it's a very open platform that allows you to follow bad practices and make a lot of bad mistakes. Well, and that's where you have to ask the honest question of, of all the companies out there doing web forms, how many are actually doing it right by your definition? One. <laughs> <laughs> there, well, therein lies the problem. It's a very good point and it's how a very valid point. How many are doing MVC right? I mean, you could ask the same exact question. Or Silverlight sure. right? That, that's a very good point. A lot of people can make mistakes in MVC, but MVC does a better job of locking you into a good practice. It's almost analogous to doing WPF with code behind versus WPF with MVVM. Both are possible but MVVM locks you into following some good architectural patterns, some good practices a little better than the other techniques. But and MVC does that yeah. job a little better too. I'm always amazed how people can get around those locks. 
That's because and, if you try to build a better, if you try to if, crappy code and ca crappy apps. If you try absolutely. to make it idiot proof, you're going to make a better idiot. Absolutely. <laughs> somebody's going to somebody's going to figure out a way to mess it up. You but know, uh, one thing that you brought up, Miguel, I just wanted to mention is um, there's there's great education out there. Of course, at conferences like this, all the online stuff. You know, you just go to the site, look at this video, read this article, do this, uh, that. But I think people underestimate how comfortable you come with the platform and how you become really efficient. People think, oh, I just need a couple of weeks or something. I mean, how much, how much time do people on this panel think you need to become proficient and efficient at a, a particular platform? You know, I, I, can, I can talk to that. We, we moved to MVC about a year and a half ago in MVC2 and then MVC3. We have about 30 developers. And to help streamline that process, that transition, what we did was we built a bunch of templates and guidance. We actually used NuGet packages as a way to kind of get developers started. So what we do is a little odd because we build a lot of sites every month, 40 to 50 sites a month. And so we're building smaller things, but they're at a higher frequency. And so to kind of bridge that gap and getting developers to understand the best approaches, we gave them a ton of guidance and then showed them where should you extend and where shouldn't you extend, um, giving them examples. And that helped considerably in getting them up to speed quickly. But it does take having a couple of experts in the, in the room in the first place, getting those templates built right. It, it, it does. And I, and I think you have to take time to allow that to mature because with any new technology, the first time out the gate, you're going to use it slightly inappropriate for how it fits in your organization. Sure. And you've got to tweak it. You know, in our, in our world, we have a lot of front-end developers that just focus on presentation. So MVC is perfect because there's such a strong separation between the view, Razor as the engine is so easy for them to use, it just makes perfect sense. But you do have to customize it as you grow. I've always described the first code you write on a new code base as like the first clutch in your first car. <laughs> you, you didn't go very far, and you made some bad smells. Yep. I think going back to the time frame though, we do a lot of training as well as the consulting, and as a lot of these guys do. And uh, if you don't have the mentor in the room, like Carl, I think you mentioned that, or Richard, I mean. Um, Richard Carl, Richard happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that yeah, you're asking for a world of hurt because uh, we've kind of walked in after the fact, and I'm sure some of you might have walked into a job mid project, and maybe you knew the product really well, and you're going, "What are you guys doing?" You know, and I think it just you have to have that mentor somewhere. Um, otherwise, I think you go or a consultant. There you go. There you go. Well, but if you have neither, because not everyone has an unlimited budget. That's right. I mean, I, I tend to think it's, it's almost three to six months, roughly, to get proficient. Not to be doing anything, but to get proficient and comfortable. Six and was the one I was thinking. Feeling so. like I'm as good at this as I was in web forms before I started or something. Just a reminder, if anybody has a question, just flag me down, raise your hand up high. So, so Miguel, you, you have to be willing to put the time into it. There's no mistake about that. And that just goes with anything in our business. We know right. that. If you're going to be 9 to 5 and just shut the book when you get home, it's just not going to go anywhere, no matter what platform right. you're on. But I'm just amazed at the number of people who come up to me, even people who work for me, and they just think they can learn like that and in a week be really good and not putting out, Yeah. I mean, there may be a few and far between, but I mean, it's not, I certainly can't do that. I've got to put just as much time as the people out here have to, into a new technology. I've got to yeah. learn it myself. In fact, I've got to bust my ass to learn it first because I'm the one that's going to be training and consulting in it and stuff like that, you know? Okay. 
So let's go back to the original question and go to each person. What, what, uh, so if you're going to do something next week, let's say you're planning a one month project starting next week. And um, you, know, you, you want to get started fairly quickly, rapidly. You're not waiting for Visual Studio 2012 necessarily to come out. Um, what would you choose? Myself, I'd go with MVC. Even though I have a long history as a web forms guy. And are you I, familiar with both platforms equally? I still equally? maintain web forms apps. Are you, are you going under the assumption that the person you're asking the question to is familiar already with both platforms, so not, it's easy not, enough to jump into one or the other? Not necessarily. I guess I'm saying for a person who has to make at that decision tree, given the fact they're not going to be as good as something they, they don't know, what would you suggest? I would say MVC. I would probably say MVC as well. Um, because I like the API better. How about others? Yeah, I would, I'd go MVC, even though I would have to say, you know, the number of years I spent with web forms is more than I've spent with MVC at this point, but I'm more comfortable from an architecture perspective of what I'm building on with MVC than I am with web forms. Likewise. Yeah, I tend with MVC as well. I, I couldn't argue with that. I think it makes more maintainable projects naturally. Mm -hmm. And it, and it t tends to be the problem. It's not the first version of the website that's the issue. Exactly. It's the second. Yeah. And, uh, and, and consistently seeing better results with folks that learn MVC to maintain projects over time. Yes, as a, as a web guy, MVC is of course closer to my heart because it actually uh, has something to do with HTML and HTTP, two things which uh, web forms try to hide or try to abstract from to, to make, I mean, historically ASP.NET was a way to uh, allow WinForms developers get into the web platform quite easily. Um, so I'm, I'm They called it VB for the web. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that exactly. was the intent. Wait, 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 what was that again? They called it VB from the web when it first came out. VB for the web. Yeah. You're implying VB is inferior. No, I'm not. <laughs> how many VB, how, how many VB no, developers are in this room yeah, right now? We're, we're implying that VB and Once was again, I'm easy. a C-sharp guy, but I got a lot of love for VB. I don't tolerate putting Someone's down VB, man. defensive here. <laughs> Next. But I mean, isn't, isn't, isn't the problem at How many people want to see me go over there and kick his ass? <laughs> yeah. Hang <laughs> on. Oh, jeez. But, but isn't it? <laughs> But, but isn't, this, isn't this the same rudeness? So that's, that's one of the major beefs I have with MVC. It's a psychological beef because I'm, you know, I'm always in favor of the underdog. So a lot of the messaging around MVC is like, if you're not using MVC, you're a lesser being, right? Or you are a really bad programmer. <laughs> Because you only can do web forms. Yeah. Isn't it like the VB argument? And I mean, as, as we mentioned before, web, web forms not is a great platform. I mean, I mean, for some projects, it's, it's very, very productive. We recently actually, um, so, so uh, uh, as of now, we do more, um, many more MVC applications than, um, than, than uh, web form based applications. But recently, we had a project where it was like really search data, automatically displaying this data. It was no problem that sorting is done with JavaScript. <coughs> so much productive. So um, actually, I want to try that out. So we had two junior devs, um, so I both gave them the same task, and one with MVC and the other with web forms. And when the MVC guy was still working on spelling dependency injection correctly, <laughs> and the other one had a working prototype, so um, he won in that case. So go. it's really, you, you have to, I mean, uh, was it Joel Spolsky who coined the phrase um, uh, architect astronauts? And I mean, we are all, I mean, everybody here is probably a bit vulnerable of being an, an, an architect astronaut once or twice or, you know, from time to time. And so pragmatism sometimes is a good thing. If you say that the application will have a second version, mm -hmm. then, well, maybe the, 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 the effort you put into architecting it will pay off. Mm -hmm. um, but for some apps, 
just doesn't pay off immediately. So well, and really, especially time constraint. I mean, in terms of just when the most important thing <laughs> is to get the app out the door, you can't argue with the productivity of web forms. Like, you, if you, you know, generally when you get called as a consultant, it's only because the app is successful enough that they care about performance, yep. right? And so you start with, well, congratulations. This app would be running great if nobody was using it. <laughs> you know, the fact that there's a whole bunch of people using it, now it's a problem. So that goal of get it out the door and actually get it to matter is a pretty important goal. Like, there's a business case to be made for whatever will get the thing out the door fastest. And if that was the question, and it wasn't, if that was the question, I would have said web form. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Telerik, makers of Kendo UI. Are you a web or mobile developer who wants to build amazing sites and apps? Looking for the best tool out there that can really improve your development work? We've got the answer for you. Kendo UI is everything you need to build HTML5 and JavaScript sites and mobile apps. In the complete integrated package, you'll find a jQuery-based tool set that includes rich UI widgets, a powerful data source, dynamic data visualizations, and blazing fast micro-templates, all backed by industry-leading professional support. Visit the official Kendo UI website at kendoui.com slash .net, that's D-O-T-N-E-T, to find out more about Kendo UI or download the free 60-day trial with support. Also, Tablet Show number 19 was an interview with Todd Anglin on the Kendo UI. Richard and I talked to him at length about this great tool set. That's at thetabletshow.com, and look for show number 19 in the archives. And when you talk to the Telerik guys, make sure you thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. Hey, guys, Rob has a question. Take Can we away, finish? Rob. Wait, wait, wait. Can we finish? Just I want to hear the other two. Uh, sure. Uh, I, I, hands down, I pick MVC. I mean, we made a, a conscious decision to move from web forms, and, and really the, the rationale was performance. Um, we just did not have, we had developers for 10 years, you know, working with technology that had led them to web forms, and they just didn't produce um, the quality of code that they're producing today in MVC. And I think a lot of that has to do with improvements around guidance, but MVC has just got the, enough rigidity to the platform that it forces them down some better design principles That's than what, I said what earlier, they yeah. did in, yeah. in web forms. And so we, we've got better performance out of it, which is ultimately the most important thing for us. Dan? So uh, personally, MVC, but as a consultant, it uh, doesn't really matter what I think. Um, <laughs> it goes back to really I agree with what Miguel said, and I think it's the combo of what technologies do you have, what's your developer skill levels, what's your productivity, you know, when's it due? Uh, what's your scalability needs? What's your search engine needs? You know, all that stuff. Yep. So for me personally, absolutely MVC and uh, the reason for that. When I first got into MVC, uh, I was so reliant on, you know, ASP.NET server controls, which is just awesome because you can drag them on if you want or type them, whatever you want to do. And, uh, you know, get a grid view going in a couple of seconds. And I went to do it with MVC and went, where's my grid view? Yep. You know, when I first did it. And what it did though, which has turned out to be huge for us and what we do, is it made me think outside the box more. And I started using jQuery much more heavily, uh, which we're gonna get into single page apps coming up, which is a big favorite of mine. And uh, as a result, I like to think that our client apps actually ended up being uh, better, more performant, even though I know that's supposedly not a word. <laughs> um, but it felt more desktop-like, even though it ran in the browser. And so for us, I think that MVC is my choice just because it made me think outside the box and really think about how the UI and how the user is going to interact with it so that 
I wasn't so reliant on just use a web form control, use a web form control. So that's kind of me. Yeah, I pretty much agree with what everyone said. The, the one comment, Miguel, you made about, uh, about my use of VB for the web. I actually did not mean that as a negative. VB, they used to call it VB for the web because VB was so popular at the time and because it was just so accessible. VB6 you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. C++ development. People just can't do C++ development and get in and do that. So or don't want to. Web forms <laughs> brought this great, great, some people would call it great, some people would call it terrible page lifecycle uh, to web developers uh, as opposed to ASP uh, Classic where you had to uh, recreate everything with every exactly. request. All right, we got a question. Rob, take it away. So in Audio the discussions mic. between web, web forms and MVC, but nobody's choosing the single app page solution or? That was MVC. not the question. No, we just have a multiple choice of two. It was just MVC or web, web Well, forms. no, the question was, what would you do if you were starting next week? But we, we haven't gotten to what would you do if you were starting you know, in six months or something. OK. <clears throat> But so you wanted to know what about SPA? What about SPA apps? Which I just mentioned, that's one of my favorite new concepts. So, so when would someone use SPA? So I think, well, I don't know about you guys, but naturally using MVC, if you're using a lot with jQuery or whatever your library is. It um, falls into that. Almost okay. everything, yep. I'm now using MVC more as a backend way to serve up data. Now that may change with the web API coming out, but right now, I personally think that it's a lot easier to serve up JSON day as an example using uh, just a simple controller with actions yep. versus configuring WCF and getting that all right and oh, web invoke, web get. Yeah, well, I, web API, he did a talk <laughs> on that, so that will probably change things. But anyway, um, it totally changed how I did things because it was so easy to expose JSON that a lot more Ajax is used now, in, at least in our apps. And as a result, it kind of led us down this whole single page app uh, approach. So for those who don't know, Single page app, how would, I mean, not everyone has had a chance to play with Visual Studio 2012 or whatever it's called, going to be called, and, or have read about this. So what, what do you think is SPA? So to me, I mean, the new stuff coming out, you know, they combine Knockout and Upshot and these new scripts, which we'll see how that goes before the release. Um, for me, it's nothing more than you have multiple pages, you have one main container page, and you're simply going to be loading in those other kind of sub-pages, if you will, into the app, but it's all dynamic. Uh, and that's a single-page app. I mean, you have multiple pages, of course. But you're going to be using libraries like jQuery or Knockout for your data binding, and it's a very client-centric approach. Well, it's, and it's also a natural, uh, you know, for people who are, like myself, that are moving back into web technologies after being focused on client technologies, if you've been doing those client technologies right and thinking about layers of abstraction, UI separation patterns like MVVM or MVP or MVC, um, you know, it gets you into that, it's a similar kind of mindset of how do you structure your views? It's different languages and different libraries that you're using, but similar kinds of abstractions. And, and so, you know, part of it I think depends on where you're coming from as far as whether a single page app is gonna feel natural for you. You definitely have to be much more comfortable on the client side of the web than yeah. the server side. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable with forming your own HTML and writing your JavaScript and thinking about client side logic, not just stuff that gets spewed by the server. Uh, once you get into that mindset, then the single page app becomes more attractive because you have much more fine grained control over the user experience being on that side of the equation. Would you use it for a public facing app? Gmail does. You yeah, said, you you said app. I think that's an important point. I mean, right. I'm really excited about single page apps because I can once again, like I do now with JavaScript, which I started in 
doing 1994 or 5, everybody laughed at me for doing that. And nowadays, I can kind of use now that you're the again. Cool kid. I, now I'm the cool <laughs> kid. And I'm, I'm that again with single page apps because in 1999, I was doing WAP and WML, which is kind of similar or has a similar concept. Oh, you're to that, that guy. I was that. That was me. That was me. That was me. Um, but uh, no, I'm really excited for that because. Um, if you think about, you mentioned apps, so if you have a website and uh, this website based on HTML and, and JavaScript, um, as you know, there are, there are frameworks and tools that can uh, convert this website or propose a, uh, provide a web wrapper for the website so that it can be turned into a native app for, for iOS and for, for Windows Phone 7 and Blackberries and Android. And the single page app model, in my opinion, is much better suited for this kind of scenario than, than a regular website. So it really, it really depends. I know that's the, the cowardish consultant's answer, but it, 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 does, it does depend. I'm really excited to see what will it's happen. It's going to be murder on search engine optimization. It will, and it will be yeah. murdered on accessibility because yeah. we now rely on JavaScript. So it depends. For an app, it, it's not a problem because once you have a native app, then the scripting is kind of built in. So that's no problem. If it's a government website um, and uh, you have accessibility rules to adhere to, then single page apps almost forbid themselves automatically mm -hmm. unless you have a fallback. I mean, so Joel, what, uh, you guys roll out more sites than anyone in a month. What would you guys do? You know, I, the accessibility thing is a big deal because accessibility is, is moving well beyond just the government, right? I mean, you've had major corporations that have been recently sued um, for that. So it's something that we as developers have to consider. So I think that is a downside. But honestly, in our world, it's about speed. It's about reliability of what we build. And so anything that re removes a bunch of dependencies and simplifies that down um, is great. You know, I think the key to it, though, is is efficiently dealing with our multiple platforms of how we're displaying, right? So, so graceful degradation across mobile devices and across tablets and all these other things. I think it's more conducive when we're talking about a user experience design using more jQuery. Um, that's a little bit better match when we're talking about touch-centric and those type of, of ways in which we'll be interacting. That my guess is that as it matures, it, it will be simpler to get and nail all of those different platforms without having to write lots of permutations of your app. Gentlemen, we have a couple of questions from the audience. Patel? Basically, we invested a lot of money and time in our application, like uh, between two to three years. And our application is uh, uh, evolving, you know, uh, and we are getting constant new requirement. Uh, so basically, you know, a new requirement, it is totally new requirement, uh, most of time, a lot of time. So how would you approach that one? You know, uh, basically, you know, right now we have waveforms. Uh, and you know, if you have to use MVC, I mean, I mean what's your opinion on this one? So I, I think you're talking about, I mean, you guys are good at web forms. Yes, but you know, we have a variety of uh, skill set. So learning and time of learning is not a problem for us. Right. Because we, we can invest uh, time, uh, time on that one, but the problem is, you know, now uh, how, how you, would you approach that one? Let's say time an investment for the skill set is, is not a matter in this case. Well, I, I throw, let me throw an interesting twist on that particular thing, because you know, my, my point on MVC being more maintainable, and if you have the time to learn it, it's quite powerful, but one could also argue, if you had the time to do more learning, would it make sense to just work on more refined practices in web forms? 
really auditing the way you're currently building your web form sites and talk and tighten up those practices. The same way I think yep. you guys have done, where you've got really solid templates and approaches to how you build your websites. And I think that would be the challenge there. It's like, okay, I've got some training budget. What's going to give me bigger bang? Switching to another environment where I've got to learn some core things and good practices or asserting some good practices over the skills we've already got. You know, one, one thing that, that I think is, is uh, important not to overlook is view the source on a web app, right, on yep. a normal web format, and view an MVC source, mm -hmm. right? And look at the HTML and the purity of HTML, mm -hmm. right? Significant difference, yes. right? So, so bloat, there was a lot of bloat that was uncontrollable. As a developer, I couldn't get it. One of the most under, under, less understood pieces of web forms was view state. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times did people put controls in there, enable all this view state, and it wasn't at necessary at all. Mm -hmm. It wasn't required at all. And it was a step of that optimization that was just skipped. So look at MVC. There is so much more clarity in that pure HTML, which gets us closer to writing better views that are, are more appropriate for single page. And if I, I, if I throw my, uh, my But in the meantime, web forms has that control to control views state. Yeah, it does. But it's the gotten better. The default is, is, fat. is to have um, fat. Yeah. You yeah. state. You have to know what you're doing. But, yeah. you know, so, so you can be yeah. smart with web forms. You Absolutely. can still produce smart web form apps. Yep. But back, you know, back to the, the gentleman's question, is sort of this, I would think I would spend some time on introspection of what we want to get better at. And I think it might clarify, is it, is it possible for us to get better at that that way in web forms, or is we, are we better served going to MVC? We have three more questions here. Hope you guys have time for this. this is, there's one up the front here too. Yeah, there's one up the front as well. Going, going back to the question, if we're going to start next week, um, uh, okay, I decide MBC, but which template should I use? MBC three or four beta? Three. Well, four is not For production, production yet. Yeah, yeah three. So if you're three? Using it's today. And, okay. and I mean, you're going to learn so much through three in that period of time that is going to be perfectly applicable for four. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's a great because you, if you're not custom to binding and how binding and all that works, you need to get that. You need to get comfortable with that whole approach of using view models or using models and using binding, and then the concept of editor templates and. You know, all that stuff you got to get in, in, in your, your experience first before you probably want to move on to four. Well, the reality is, is that MVC4 adds the main things in what MVC4 are web API and single page app. Yeah, which are completely Most, separate from the rest which, of it. Which in many ways are not MVC, but they're putting in with MVC. Right. So, so there's, you don't gain a lot if you're going standard MVC. MVC three You'll gives be you ninety percent. Still raise. And you can use Web API today with MVC three. You know, well that's no true issue. as well. Yeah. Right. Surfing the web. Yeah. You ever try to surf the web on your phone? It's a little small. Especially when you're looking at a big list like the new feature list for Active Report six. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've been using it for 15 years. You know, the coolest new feature, I think, is the new Silverlight Report Viewer. What's cool about it, of course, is it's both native Silverlight for printing, but it's also got PDF support, so that really minimizes the amount of data that has to come over the wire. Makes it a lot more efficient. Well, we've been looking for a good solution for Silverlight data viewing. Yeah, it's a great product. I, I think I'm going to order it. Not on that. No, not on here. I'll go to my desk first. Active Reports from Grape City Power Tools. Smarter components for smarter developers. Okay, another question from Drew. I was in an earlier uh, session that they were comparing MVC versus uh, ASP.NET Forms, and he basically said, you know, not 
in stone or anything, but if you're building it more for an internal business application that you might lean more toward ASP.NET Forms because you're not so worried about the performance. Um, but if you're more external app and you're worried about performance and all that, you, you, would, make, you would go MVC. And I, would wonder, I was wondering how that would affect your guys' original answer to the question. Well, most question. of the apps that, that my group develops at uh, Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center, and you have a question over here, Carl, um, are internal apps, they may, they may go in outside of our, our group, but it's a small number of people coming to it. And um, to be honest, most of the time we don't have to terribly worry about performance because it's not usually an issue because we have just a handful of users. And, uh, but we're using MVC today for all of our new development, although we have a lot of existing web form stuff that we will maintain. It also depends on the developer. Some developers are still more comfortable with web forms, so if they're taking on a project, I'll, you know, it's fine if they want to use web forms. So, yeah, I think MVC lets you get closer to the metal so you can control uh, what's going out, and smaller amounts of HTML are going out, as Joel was just saying, which means it's going to be more scalable. Uh, so I think, I think the other big thing on that is the, the uprise of mobile kind of changes everything because now it, it may be a couple years ago you're like, ah, I don't really care if I have that you know, pedal to the metal control. Uh, but now you kind of do because uh, you know, if you're on a two gig plan on AT&T or something and you don't want to be pushing users over the limit because your web page is yeah, 200K. So it's kind of a big deal nowadays um, to control that, even though you can mostly minus the control state with web forms. It's, it's really simple though in MVC3. I mean you can use something like Werfel and then allow that to do some redirection and so implementing mobile is not a large investment. Um, you just need to invest in appropriate view design for that, that platform. So it's not that hard to do. You guys do that right with your apps you push out? Yeah, we, I'd say 98% of our web apps have a mobile version. Um, we're not really targeting tablet yet, but certainly mobile phone um, and mobile optimized. I, I think native is dead in my world. Like, you know, it's about mobile optimized, about the speed of being able to, to build a web-based application that's delivered via browser. It just makes perfect sense in our mm -hmm. business. I have a question, uh, just a second. Christian. Yeah. You, uh, unlike I think most of the other people in this panel, you also develop quite a bit in PHP. Yeah, that's correct. So where's PHP what? in this? We let you in? in <laughs> yeah, sure. Are you lost? <laughs> market share wins. I I'm always say kidding. market share where wins. Where does the PHP community sit in this sort of discussion? Uh, it's an interesting stance um, you, you can take here because um, so PHP is, is, well, it's kind of a framework and it, I think it's, it's uh, extremely functional um, but you need something on top of that. Because what, so Microsoft has done that as well. I mean, we, everything is based on C sharp. So, uh, or VB. I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, what we could, what we could theoretically do is we could create a website that's a DLL, technically. But we are using ASP.NET Web Forms as a framework, or we're using MVC as a framework to facilitate a couple of things. And same things uh, are true for, for for PHP as well. Um, since there is not one big vendor in that area, um, it's of course a bit harder to have an integrated experience and a consistent experience. Um, one of the reasons we are doing a lot of PHP is that, uh, in my personal opinion, you, you might disagree, but uh, in my personal opinion, the, the CMS story is much better on the PHP side. And what a lot of our customers, they do not want just to have a, a web application, but they also want to have a means to administer this application and to create new content and to add new content. And if you are basing our work on a, a solid uh, CMS, 
then uh, we do not need to create all of this administrative functionality, more or less, because it's baked in and we can focus on the actual functionality. Well, everyone so, uses WordPress. Uh, we are not using I WordPress, know other no. Stuff, we are not. <laughs> but, I mean, WordPress has just changed the landscape in a lot of ways. Yeah, we are not using WordPress at all, by the way, because as CMS, in my opinion, there are better options. But as you said, WordPress um, is, uh, among other tools, is very, very functional and brings you so much out of the box. So, if, especially if you have, so we have one customer who is one of the Europe's leading travel uh, agencies, and so we, we did quite a lot of uh, a lot for them. And much of their tasks, we like, okay, we would like to add new material, we'd like to add new pages and layout them a little bit. And so it was just much more cost effective um, to to use a predefined system and then add to that system uh, instead of writing on our own. Actually, if I remember correctly, in the pitch back then, um, the CMS system was one of the prerequisites. So they even demanded a specific CMS system, which led us again. What CMS you like? Um, so uh, in, uh, in, in parts of Europe, uh, Typo 3 is the dominant CMS system. In those same parts of Europe, Drupal is not known at all. So it's kind of like Drupal. So in the US and some parts of Europe, Drupal is very, very strong, and Typo 3 is very strong where I live, and in some uh, neighboring countries. So that's what, what we are using and have specialized on. Another question? Yeah. Carl? Oh. Uh, so along with all this comes kind of this oh, kind of an overwhelming number of libraries and knockout and, and upshot mm -hmm. and, and, and you know when, when you guys talk to you, well, you use upshot to do this, you use jQuery to do this, you use knockout to do this and, and so there, there are all these libraries and, and, and with our team what we want to do is we want to standardize what we're going to allow people to use because we don't want people to make their own decisions. Um, and so what, what we want to do is, is, is we want to understand, okay, what's a first class library? So like Modernizer is coming as part of you know, MVC4, um, you know, jQuery obviously has been you know, part of MVC, but w w where do we kind of draw the line of this is a first class library that, you know, that, that, that you as a team member are allowed to use? Um, and, and then how do you evaluate you know, what, which ones should be used and, and which ones are you know, kind of more just there to kind of address a, an edge case or a use case? That's a great question. Yes. If I'm going to jump on that if I can, because it's a big discussion topic. Uh, John Papa was going to sit up here, but he had to take off and fly out a little bit earlier. Um, we discuss this a lot because, uh, for, ex for example, we're working on an app right now for a client, and uh, you know, jQuery, very safe, obviously. Um, knockout, safe from the standpoint, because it's still new. I mean, it's not that old, but Microsoft's now fully behind it. And so you can you feel pretty safe there. But others like Upshot, Nobody knows. I mean, it is from Microsoft, but it doesn't mean it's you know, good yet. <laughs> it does do some cool things, by the way. Um, we have run into, I can't even tell you how many times, uh, just going in the jQuery world, and how many use jQuery, just so I know out here? Okay, wow. probably at least more than half. I can't even tell you how many times. Free is good until you try one of those plugins that it works for 90% of it, and then 10% of it, there's these massive bugs that uh, were not caught because it's, it's free. The problem has been solved actually because the jQuery team deleted their plugin site a few months back. There you go. That, so, um. <laughs> so the bottom line is uh, a lot of times it's really hard to know because uh, there's just no good like rating site for plugins and things. So generally what we've had to do, we use, uh, as an example, we, I'm, I'm a big fan of a, a grid layout one called data tables, uh, datatables.net, but even that we've run into some issues when we combine it with other plugins, right? And so it all comes down to testing. And uh, we, before we jumped into a bunch of things, because we went down a road 
hit a major dead end and kind of got in trouble with ourselves time-wise and realized that, you know what, we better start prototyping this stuff a lot better. So um, I know, you know a lot of us don't work in org orgs where you have the luxury of having somebody dedicated to research and prototyping. It's just not that kind of budget. But somebody's got to take the time to research it and try your scenario because otherwise I can almost guarantee you're going to hit some weird bug where it interacts with another one. So, so basically your answer is that you, you know, you, you've got your first class libraries and then as far as like any add-ons or plugins, you, know, you, you, you have a proof list that, that you're going to work through either through experience or... Anyway, Judge okay. repeated, so, so the idea was that you have a list of first-class libraries which are kind of yes. whitelisted and the rest is on another list. Which brings us to interesting challenges, by the way, maintaining those, those libraries because yep. they're updated independently. New NuGet. Yeah. Well, you could use NuGet, but, but, but you know, libraries go off the rails too. Yeah. Right? But, but, but no one thing you can do is, and, and I don't mean necessarily the global repository, but you can do your own NuGet repository in your own right. organization. That's what we do. We'll build out a package that has the assemblies that do a certain thing that typically it used. It's great at the dependency chaining that you need, and then you can choose when it's appropriate to update. If you're not ready for a developer to go to 1.8 of jQuery, then force them to 1.5. When you're ready, then allow them to go up and make sure they got all the right dependencies. Because developers spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what should be in there. And if you look at a lot of solutions, there'll be a ton of JS files that are absolutely not necessary hmm. in there. Right. So you can control that as a developer and get better performance. We have time we have for one two, more question. Two um, I'm sorry, we have like three minutes left, right? So we've got a whole bunch of people that need okay, to. Okay, we'll try questions. to do these questions quick then. Yeah. Right, Steve. We're moving from, uh, we bought heavily into Silverlight and we're coming to our limitations, uh, going out into the web phones, the iPhones. Um, in Silverlight, they've developed something called LightSwitch, which is a rapid application development process. I haven't heard uh, anything about RAD in, on the website and ASP and MVC. Would you consider MVC a rapid development environment? We have to develop applications every three months. Well, there's a lot of scaffolding built into them. Uh, yeah, for standard forms of data, I think standard forms of data, the scaffolding kind of justifies RAD, but you do not, not really. have like light switch, this visual designer of stuff. And so once you want, uh, have special, special needs, you have to go all the way and march towards enlightenment and do the training and uh, no seriously it's, it's, it's like this so um, I think there's uh, the, the, the learning curve of MVC is quite steep but the beginning is very easy actually it's surprisingly easy because we got scaffolding and we got these standard forms of data uh, uh, architectures and, and scenarios but then learning is steep and then it's going back it, then it's getting better whereas with web forms it's not as steep but uh, you still need some time in order to you know get data being displayed and so that's kind of Sums it up, I guess. Uh, my name is Juan. I'm a, str a strong MVC cheerleader, but uh, you know, I just heard about single-page apps, and single-page apps still require data. And you know, coming to this conference, I, I, I can think of at least three things like uh, WCF, Node.js, and Web API that can be used to you know build web services. So, which of those three, maybe you can think of another one, would be the strongest? Well, you could just use a, a standard MVC controller, too. That's what yeah. I'd vote for just yeah. today. Um, I think that's the solution today. I think I'd go Web API in a little bit. We, we use Web API, so WCF Web API endpoints hosted in MVC3. 
So that gives us the ability to wrap things around it. But like, let's say we do a service for CAPTCHA or something, we can still expose that in the same host, the same app process, um, and get kind of the best of both worlds out of it. We're gonna do one more question, and then I have a, qu a closing question. Uh, do you see SharePoint moving to MVC at some point, or would you <laughs> recommend they, and, and maybe just talk in general why SharePoint web design yeah, sucks? Yeah, you do SharePoint. What, what's right SharePoint? Right at the same time, what's that? MVC Office Metro. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of SharePoint, and um, wow, that would be a major rewrite. So, uh, because the whole model of SharePoint is based on the page model, and web parts are based on the core of ASP.NET as well, including view state and all that. So, I honestly don't know where they're moving if they're doing that, but uh, that would be pretty significant, I would think. I personally don't see a reason why they should. I don't. I really don't. I don't think they can right now. They're, it's proven. It, it would break mean, everything. As, as much as I'm not a SharePoint dude, it's a it's it's a proven technology. It's a proven product. It sells very well. Apparently, it's well written, and people seem to like it. At least the people that are in that world. Of course, I may not like them, but <laughs> that's because they make uh, a, 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 a higher rate than you, right? Right, Say, Miguel. <laughs> the SharePoint. There's a little animosity there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, I personally don't get it, but all right. So, so Dan brought up a uh, favorite uh, grid. For MVC. Oh, data tables, yeah. Data tables. So I have one last question, and then we're up to close. I want to ask each panelist, what's your favorite either library or NuGet package, and don't say jQuery, uh, <laughs> uh, that people might want to look into or, and that you like using? I get, like it. I, I get I, another one, though. Mine yeah, sure. Care, so I like the, the Telerik MVC um, stuff out mm -hmm. there, which is, is free. Uh, there's an unsupported version or moderately supported version, I'm not sure what it is. Really nice grid that, that uh, we've been real happy with. Um, I was gonna say, both actually both Telerik and DevExpress offer MVC extensions, and, uh, and they, I believe they're both free. I know for a fact the Telerik one is. Um, I have limited experience with both of them, but I've seen them visually. They seem very, very nice visually. Um, that's about as much as I can say, because my MVC experience is still in a growing state. Well, it doesn't have more to be for and more MVC, and more it could be for web forms, whatever. Oh, for web forms, I would say either one of those two vendors offer probably the, the that, that uh, Telerik, DevExpress, and Component One probably offer the top three, in my opinion, web suites out there okay. uh, that are available. Um, DevExpress in particular offers a very, very rich client-side model on their web form suite, which is fantastic. Brian? I'm gonna plead the fifth here and say uh, I haven't been doing enough production coding to select third-party libraries. I've stuck pretty close to the Microsoft dictated okay. fold. Richard? Uh, I'll pull out one most people haven't heard of, but I mentioned in my session, which is Boomerang. Boomerang, what's so that? Boomerang is about client-side instrumentation, about it getting really good record-keeping about how long it took for a user to get a usable page. Mm, cool. It's a pretty lightweight little template. It comes out of Yahoo, uh, and of course it's free. It's just an open source library, but it ra I've always rolled my own. These guys have done a better job. Christian? HTML5 Shim, which offers a Stability layer um, for um, newer HTML5 um, HTML elements that they work on older IE versions. It's a very small, like one kilobyte or something. HTML shim. Okay, Joel, we gotta hurry up. Uh, Web API. I, I think there's if you're gonna do like what uh, Dan was talking about, where you got a lot of AJAX and you gotta expose services. Web API, the test client built into that is worth its weight in gold. You can go to a web page, test all of your endpoints in a very nice, easy to use interface. Well worth it. Yeah. I think the most uh, by far productive, if you're doing a lot with Ajax and things, uh, library out there to check out, and I'll have to admit, we haven't used it yet in production, but done some prototyping, is Knockout. Um, data binding really stinks in the web world, 
And if you've done Silverlight, like I know uh, Brian down here is an expert in WPF, Silverlight, all that stuff. Um, you're used to two-way bindings, and you don't have that in the web world, but with Knockout, you get it, plus a lot more. So that's a cool one to check out if you have Definitely. it. Definitely. I was going to say Angry Birds. <laughs> Angry Birds. <laughs> hey, guess what, folks? There's ice cream out there. So go get it. Give them a big round of applause. And thanks for listening to .NET Rocks. Thanks for listening. And remember, Pluralsight.com is where you can get 200 free minutes of developer training online. Pluralsight.com. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.